0: what's up? You are listening to the I Have ADHD podcast. I am your host, Kristen Carter, and I am wondering why I started a podcast. Honestly, the last couple weeks have been so crazy. With work, with my kids finishing up school... And now school's out for the summer, which if you are a parent, you know that life just gets more complicated when your kids are home for the summertime. I actually have a five-year-old home right now. You might actually hear him in the background. He's playing. Um, And, you know, let's just cross our fingers that we don't have a million interruptions. But I'm thinking back to December when it was wintertime and my company was a little bit slower uh, and my kids were in school and life had a very predictable pattern, that's when I started this podcast. And now I am wondering what the heck I was thinking. Um, usually, I have an episode, you know, ready to go at six a.m. on Tuesday mornings. Usually, it is posted in advance, and like it's no big deal. And I just wake up, and it's there. And that's not the case today. It is ten fifty-three on a Tuesday, and I am just now recording this episode. Um, but I'm going to show up better late than never, I guess. And um, I am not going to allow this like dopamine lull to hold me back from continuing to create content for you, my friend, because so many of you have reached out to me and said, what an amazing uh, impact just hearing about adult ADHD from an adult with ADHD um has been for you. And so, yeah, we're going to just keep rolling. And um I hope that I can just continue to do a good job this summer. I'm not really sure. We're just going to have to see how it goes. I don't have the luxury of having, you know, days to myself where I can just create content for you um, in a kid-free, quiet, you know, perfect environment. That's just not the way my life is set up right now. So I have three kids, 11, 9, and 5. They're all boys. They are amazing, crazy, rambunctious kiddos. And I also have a job. I'm trying to run a company and do a good job with that. And I have um, how many coaching clients? I think I have five coaching clients right now. That has been such an awesome experience. I absolutely love coaching Um, and yeah, so I just have a lot going on, which, you know, we all do. That's just what life is like for everybody. So that's no big deal. But I just want to say that if I am not, you know, on time, super consistent, I would just love some grace from you. I would appreciate it so, so much. So that's where I'm at right now. It's a gorgeous, sunny day in Pennsylvania. We are going to go to the pool later. Um, And I'm going to sit by the poolside while my kids play, and that's going to be magical. So today is Tuesday. I don't go into my day job today. I have the day completely off. Here comes my five-year-old. I'm going to pause. Hi, my name's Crosby. How old are you, Crosby? Five. Five? Are you going to go to kindergarten soon? Yes. What are you doing right now? ignoring you. No, you're not. You're not ignoring me. You're here talking to me. <clears throat> are you going to go play so Mommy can get this done? Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Hopefully you found that adorable and not annoying. Like I said, uh I'm just going to show up today with what I got and this is what I've got to work with. All right, so today we are going to talk about the Enneagram. I'm so excited to chat with you about this today because we have um, kind of mentioned the Enneagram here and there and um, I haven't taken the time to go super in depth. So today I'm going to chat about why I love it and why I think it is a great Tool for ADHDers. So one thing that I've observed um, through, you know, the I Have ADHD podcast Instagram account, and then also um, my Facebook group, um, I Have ADHD Support for Adults, is that people often feel very, very misunderstood. Um, those of us with ADHD have a hard time interacting with other humans a lot of times. We um, are easily hurt by other humans and we just don't feel like people understand us. And I think part of that is that we don't have a good self-awareness. So one of our weaknesses as adults with ADHD is that we have trouble being reflective. We have trouble understanding ourselves. And so that is where like the basis of all relationships needs to start is an understanding of self. We need to know who we are, um, what makes us tick, why we show up in the world the way that we do, why we, you know, our particular souls are hurt by certain things, why we are not hurt by other things. You know, it's all kind of like a mind game. And um, we need to... um, Actually, work really, really hard to be self reflective. That's not something that comes naturally. It's actually often something that we resist. And so I'll hear a lot of people say that they um, are afraid to do the work on themselves. They're afraid to really observe their own thinking. They're afraid to get out um, of their minds, like what's actually in there. Uh, there's a lot of resistance when I um suggest like thought downloads or brain dumps. Like people are just often very I would say like hesitant to to understand themselves. And I think maybe that comes from a like an underlying feeling of being flawed. Um, You know, especially if you've struggled with your ADHD since childhood or you've been labeled since childhood, I think there's often a feeling of inadequacy, of being flawed, uh, you know, that you're just like, don't measure up. And so because of that, we often don't have the confidence that we need to really um, like do the hard work on ourselves of understanding who we are. And why we show up in the world the way that we do. So um, I have found the Enneagram to be an amazing tool for self-reflection and also for understanding the people that I interact with. So it is completely different, in my opinion, than every other personality type um, test that I've ever encountered. Um, And I've done a lot of research and reading on the Enneagram. I've totally geeked out on it, like 100%. I've read a couple books. I've listened to hours and hours and hours of podcasts on it. As you know, I'm a podcast junkie. Um, I use podcasts as my body double, which we will probably do another episode about in the future. But basically, a body double is like someone else there um, so that you can get something accomplished. So anytime that I'm around my doing work. Um, I'm listening to podcasts. Anytime I'm driving, I'm listening to podcasts. Um, Anytime that my mind is at rest and I have a moment, I'm listening to podcasts. I really love to learn. Um, And so this has been something that I have done a deep dive in. And um, here's what I've discovered. What I've discovered about um, just kind of the world is that we all have our own perspective and we all think that our perspective is the right perspective. But what the Enneagram teaches us is that there are actually nine amazing, wonderful versions of normal. So, you know, you as yourself, of course, you're going to think that you're personality is the normal personality, right? And everyone else is just weird. Everyone else is wrong or everyone else, you know, whatever, which is often why we get offended by people or we feel like, um, you know, people are wrong is because we don't understand that there are actually nine versions of normal and nine ways that we can show up in the world as being like wonderful. Okay. So the enneagram is basically a lens that we can look through and we can view ourselves and we can view other people and then we can also like understand the way that we interact with other people okay so A couple of things. First of all, each type is awesome. No one type is better than another. We need every single type, and we need each type in the world so that there's balance, so that there's goodness, so that there's um, everything like the fullness of life in the world. Okay. So um, as you get to know the enneagram, which I really hope you do, be so fun. Um, Just understand that every type is. Wonderful! It's like so cliche. Every type is special, okay? Every type gets an award. Every type gets a trophy. Every type is awesome. We need each type in the world. Each type, each of the nine types, has a healthy version of itself. And an unhealthy version of itself. And so, what the Enneagram has done for me, um, you know, at first it was just kind of like a surface level, like, oh, that's funny. Wow, this like really portrays who I am. That's so interesting. But as I've gotten to know it more and more, it really has uncovered the ways that I show up in the world as an unhealthy version of myself. And so, it's really been a tool of self discovery, of self empowerment, of understanding who I am and of kind of really working to become the fullest version of me, the very best version of myself. Um, and that has been really amazing. So the first thing that I'm going to do is just run through the nine types. I'm taking this from the Enneagram Institute.com website. Um, I'm going to link a bunch of things in the show notes. And instead of it expecting you to spell the word Enneagram, all we're going to do is you can go to IHaveADHD.com slash EG. So the EG stands for Enneagram, even though there, it's like one word, okay? We're just going to pretend that it's two. So EG. IHaveADHD.com slash EG will have all of the links to the books that I love, the podcasts that I love, Um, the Enneagram Institute website, which is a wealth of knowledge. And then also Ian Morgan Cron's um, typing test, which I'm going to talk all about um, at the end here. Okay. So let's run through the nine types. Um, And this is just a very, very brief overview. There is so much to learn about each type. Um, This is just like the, not even the tip of the iceberg. It's like, The little snowflake on the top of the iceberg, okay? So it's not even the tip of the iceberg. So number one has been nicknamed the reformer, type one. Ones are conscientious and ethical with a strong sense of right and wrong. They are teachers, crusaders, and advocates for change, always striving to improve things but afraid of making a mistake, well-organized, orderly, and fastidious. They try to maintain high standards but can slip into being critical and perfectionistic. They typically have problems with resentment and impatience. At their best, type ones are wise, discerning, realistic, and noble. They can be morally heroic. Okay, type twos are nicknamed the helper. Where am I here? Okay. Type 2s are empathetic, sincere, and warm-hearted. They are friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing, but can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. They are well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. They typically have problems with possessiveness and with acknowledging their own needs. At their best, type 2s are unselfish and altruistic, and they have and unconditional love for others. Type three has been nicknamed the Achiever. Threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming, ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but they're often overly concerned with their own image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. At their best, type threes are self-accepting, authentic, and everything they seem to be, role models who inspire others. Type fours are nicknamed the individualist. Fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. They're emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can also be moody and self-conscious. Withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective, they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. They typically have problems with melancholy, self-indulgence, and self-pity. At their best, type 4s are inspired and highly creative. They are able to renew themselves and transform their experiences. Type 5 has been nicknamed the investigator. 5s are alert, insightful, and curious. They are able to concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas and skills. They're independent, innovative, and inventive, and they can also become preoccupied with their thoughts and imaginary constructs. They become detached, yet high-strung and intense. They typically have problems with eccentricity, nihilism, and isolation. At their best, type fives are visionary pioneers. They are often ahead of their time and able to see the world in an entirely new way. Type six has been nicknamed the loyalist. Type six are committed, security oriented Ooh, let's try that again. They're committed and they're security-oriented. Sixes are reliable, hardworking, responsible, and trustworthy. Excellent troubleshooters. They foresee problems and foster cooperation, but can also become defensive, evasive, and anxious, running on stress while complaining about it. They can be cautious and indecisive, but also reactive, defiant, and rebellious. They typically have problems with self-doubt and suspicion. At their best, type sixes are internally stable and self-reliant, courageous, ooh, that's a hard word, courageously championing themselves and others. All right, type seven has been nicknamed the enthusiast sevens are extroverted optimistic versatile and spontaneous playful high-spirited and practical they can also misapply their many talents becoming overextended scattered and undisciplined they constantly seek new and exciting experiences but can become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go they typically have problems with impatience and impulsiveness at their best, type 7s focus their talents on worthwhile goals, becoming appreciative, joyous, and satisfied. Type 8 has been nicknamed the challenger. 8s are self-confident, strong, and assertive. Protective, resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive, but can also be egocentric and domineering. 8s feel they must control their environment, especially people, sometimes becoming confrontational and intimidating. At their best, eights are self-mastering. They use their strength to improve others' lives, becoming heroic, magnanimous, and inspiring. And lastly, type nine. Type nines have been nicknamed the peacemaker. Nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. They are usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. They want everything to go smoothly and without conflict, but they can also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems, and minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia and stubbornness. At their best, type nines are, okay, I don't even know what this word means, so could somebody just like Google it for me and let me know, indomitable and all-embracing. They are able to bring people together and heal conflicts. Okay, so that was just a very quick overview of the nine types. Now, I identify as type eight which is the challenger. And I will tell you that it was very hard for me to embrace this type. There used to be a really awesome free test available. Um, Unfortunately, it's not available anymore. I'm not really sure why, but um, I took that test several times. And a couple times I typed as... Um, type one, which is the reformer or the perfectionist. And honestly, even though I do identify with some of those qualities, I just did not feel like a one. So when you take an Enneagram test, it'll often go into your motivations and your childhood wound, like how you were um, raised and kind of why you were wounded as a child. And honestly, like type one just did not resonate with me. So I also got type eight. And when I read the description of type eight, it made me so uncomfortable. Um, I did not like the description of it. It made me feel really weird and um, it made me feel uncomfortable. And I just did not, I just really felt so uncomfortable about it. Now, in hindsight, I've actually heard so many times from so many Enneagram teachers that the type that makes you kind of squirm and feel uncomfortable is normally your type, okay? So I didn't know that at the time. Um, And so in the last couple months, I have really done a lot of research and I do feel as though I am truly a type eight, which for a woman... Um, can be challenging because, you know, type eights are very strong, uh, aggressive, confrontational people. And we all know what we like to call women who are aggressive, strong, and confrontational, right? So I really resisted uh, that type for a while. But honestly, what the Enneagram has done for me is allowed me to see the beauty in Type eight, and it's allowed me to see the beauty in my own personality. And it's also explained so much for me in regards to why people experience me the way that they do. So people sometimes experience me as coming on like way too strong. And so often I felt misunderstood by that. Like, this is just me. I don't feel like I am coming on strong. Um, You know, if we're talking about Uh, like if we're in a fight or if we are maybe discussing like a a topic that's near and dear to my heart, I don't feel as though I'm coming on strong. I feel as though I'm just showing up as being normal, right? This is my version of normal. Um, And so what the Enneagram has done is really helped me to understand why people experience me as being that way. And it's given me language to use to kind of um help people to understand who I am and then, you know, if they want to uh, kind of alter the way that they um think or feel about me, they can not that you ever want to use it to like manipulate people, but it does give you like words to explain why you are the way that you are. again, remember, there are nine different expressions of the human personality. There are nine different versions of normal. There are nine different versions of amazing and awesome. So no one type is better than the other. Um, And so we all express ourselves just in nine different ways. So another thing that's been really interesting for me lately is to understand that um, as an eight, I'm considered like a body type. So eights, nines, and ones are body types. That means that we um, experience things and we make decisions from our gut. We're very aware of our bodies and the way that we feel like physically. However, as an eight, I am not in tune naturally with my emotions, which I have mentioned so many times on this podcast um, and not really realized it Uh, as being a part of my eight-ness, okay? So I am still learning so much about the Enneagram and how I express my personality. So eights, nines, and ones are body types. They're not naturally feelers. Now, um, if you listen to the episode with um, Jacqueline on uh, being an empath, Jacqueline is a two. She is in the heart center. So twos, threes, and fours naturally process everything through their feelings. Doesn't that make so much sense? Okay. And then fives, sixes, and sevens process everything through their thoughts, through their head type okay, through their, I'm sorry, through their head center. So we have the body center, the heart center, and the head center. Now, what's amazing about understanding the Enneagram is you see um, the natural way that your type processes life, right? So I process, process life through my body. I'm very reactive. I make decisions from my gut instinct. I, um, I am not like super in tune with my feelings. I'm also not super in tune with other people's feelings. I can actually, I can be in tune with someone else's feelings, but I don't take them on as my own. So it's very, very, very easy for me to hold space for someone, um, and to allow someone to be emotional and have their emotions without me, you know, feeling anything at all, which, um... I used to kind of make that mean that I was a terrible person. Like I can sit across from somebody crying and I can have a conversation with them and I don't feel anything from them. Like I don't, it's very hard for me to like feel the emotion of sadness. Um, Wow, I'm telling you guys way too much. You guys are probably judging me so hardcore right now. But honestly, that makes me a great, Coach, because I can sit across from somebody who is really, you know, having all of these feelings and expressing everything, and I am not muddied by that. I'm not weighed down by that. I'm like, okay, let's let's get to work on this. Um, so it definitely, like I can definitely have that as a strength, but what the Enneagram is teaching me is that I really need to lean into my heart center if I am going to experience the fullness of life. So somebody that is a two, three, or four who processes everything through feelings, you know, naturally, is going to want to lean into their body and their head center a little bit more. Um, And you're going to want to like really, um, you know, do some work in those areas so that you can be a more well-rounded person. Because in order to experience the fullness of life, we want to experience life through the body and the head and the heart. It's all connected. So What I am learning now, and I'm always uncovering new things about the Enneagram, but what I'm learning now is that, um, you know, I process the world through my body. And if I really want to experience the fullness of life, I need to be a little bit more vulnerable with my feelings. I need to open up um, to the people that I love and trust in a much more vulnerable way. Um, And even saying that, I'm like, I don't want to do that. But, um, you know, if I have just a couple people in my life who I really trust, allowing them to see my true vulnerability and, um, you know, allowing myself to really feel things is very important for me. That is a practice that I need to incorporate into my life. Okay. And... I know, again, we're just scratching the surface here, but I want to talk about um, how the Enneagram helps me to understand other people. So as someone with ADHD, I'm not super aware um, oftentimes of other people And um, I can often react really quickly. Uh, I can get mad pretty quickly. You know, uh, that impulsivity factor is legit, right? Like it's the real deal. So what the Enneagram is doing for me is allowing me to understand the people in my life better. So for example, I identify as type 8, which is like the aggressive challenger. My husband identifies as type Nine, which is the lovely, wonderful peacemaker, he also has a very strong one wing, which we haven't really talked about wings. Um, but basically, your number, um, everybody kind of also borrows qualities from the number that's either to their left or to their right. So, as an eight, I either borrow qualities from a seven or a nine, and um spoiler alert, I borrow qualities from seven. So I'm an eight with a seven wing. And my husband is a nine with a one wing, which means he's a peacemaker and he's a perfectionist. So like, so different from me, right? So um, it has been Amazingly insightful to understand type nine, to understand that nines actually have to conserve their energy. Nines want to minimize problems because um, it's really hard for them to process problems. Where on the other hand, I'm completely opposite from that. So I'm an eight, I see a problem and I'm like super aggressive. I want to attack it, Um, I want to freak out about it, I want to explode. And I never understood why Greg, like, hated that part of my personality. So when I would explode, he really felt um, like uh, maybe attacked or intimidated or um, like it was so inappropriate. And I couldn't understand why. And the Enneagram has really been helpful. So I know I'm talking a lot about myself here, but I just want to say... That, um, you know, when you understand your number and then your partner's number or your best friend's number, you can see why you clash on certain things. You can see why you're the same on certain things. So um, it's been so helpful for me as a tool in my marriage. So when I, um, you know, observe Greg doing certain things instead of maybe getting annoyed or having a fight or being misunderstanding about it, I can kind of see it again through the lens of the Enneagram and say, oh, this is his nine showing through. And remember, all of the types are amazing. One type is not better than any other type. So as an eight, I'm not any better than him as a nine. I need him in my life. And actually he really is like, I know why we're together from my standpoint, because he is so peaceful. He is like this steady well of, um, peace. And I am not, obviously I am like, not only am I ADHD and I am impulsive and I'm hyperactive, um, but I also have those aggressive qualities of the eight, and so you combine that together, and it's kind of like uh fireworks, and so what I constantly do from him is I steal his peace. That's what I always say. I'm like I just just come over here and like be next to me, and I can like he radiates peace, he radiates stillness, he radiates calm um security and so that is like so amazing for me so um it also is extremely helpful in work relationships so i know that uh the director of my company she's like my right hand girl we work together very very closely she is a shout out to brittany hi brittany um she is a type 1 and she has a very strong 2 wing. Okay. So she, she borrows qualities from type two. So she's a perfectionist and she's a helper. Now as a perfectionist, I know that, um, when she makes a mistake, she feels horrible about it. Right. So as an eight, when I make a mistake, I'm like, whatever, let's move on. As a one, when she makes a mistake, it like kills her. So it's been really helpful for me to understand her as a one. And when she makes a mistake, instead of me brushing it off, which I used to do, I used to be like, whatever, get over it. Come on, that's, we're moving on, you know, onward. Um, now I sit with her for a minute and I hold space for that mistake. And I'm like, You're, everything is fine. And I, I have the opportunity to encourage her. I'm not, she doesn't make a lot of mistakes, guys. I know I'm like making it sound like she does, but this is just an example. Okay. We all make mistakes, right? Um, this is just an example of how understanding how she feels because I understand type one. Um, it's been so helpful. So instead of brushing things off, I can really hold space for it and um, n- really encourage her. And then, and then, encourage her to move on, right? Instead of just brushing it off from the beginning. So it's really helped my relationships so much. I'm going to give one more example. Shout out to my sister. My sister, um, is a type seven, which is the enthusiast. I will tell you this girl is go, go, go. She is always looking for the opportunity to do something fun and to have like a really cool experience. So, um, I used to be like, Adrian, why are you doing this? Like, why do you feel like you need to, you know, do these 12 things in a weekend? And now understanding her through the lens of the Enneagram, I'm like, oh, this is her seven. Like, this is how she feels most alive is when she's doing, doing, doing. Now, for me, um, even though I have a seven wing and I really enjoy the fun, it's exhausting. It's completely exhausting. And I mean, a lot of times we have the opportunity to judge someone, right? We can judge them for their personality. So my husband, very easy to judge him. Like, why don't you get more upset about these things? Like the things that I get upset about, why don't you get upset about them, right? So judgment. Or um, my director, Brittany, why do you care so much when you make a mistake? Just move on, right? Judgment. Or my sister, Adrian, why are you packing 27 things into a weekend? That's ridiculous, right? So I have so many opportunities to judge people, but understanding the Enneagram has allowed me to instead of judging, it's allowed me to to um like appreciate their qualities and really see like wow, this is like some of the best versions of their personality coming through. And remember, there are nine versions of normal. There's just not one normal. I am not the only normal version. And I can't expect everyone to interact like me, to um, show up in the world like me, and especially to brush off feelings like me. So what the Enneagram has opened up for me is um, really an understanding for people who are deep, deep feelers. And, um, that's been so helpful. It's been so, so helpful because not everyone processes life the same way, right? We have the body center, we have the head center, we have the heart center. And just as a reminder, uh, let's see, two threes and fours process life through their heart center. Five, six, and seven process life through their head center. Eight, nine, and one process life through their body center. And that's so, so amazing. So eight, nine, and one are instinctive. Two, three, and four are feeling. And five, six, and seven are thinking. And now listen, we can learn so much from each other. We round each other out. We bring out you know the better qualities in each other. We need that, right? So if I'm only in my instinct and never in my feelings, that's not appropriate, that's not good, that's not how I want to live my life. I don't want to live my life never feeling anything. I need the twos, threes, and fours in my life to bring out that sensitive feeling side. I need the fives, sixes, and sevens in my life to bring out the analytical processing um, debate side and um, you know, and they need me or other eights, nines, and ones to bring out the instinct, the just go for it, the the do 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 side. Okay, so this has been so fun for me. And what I'm gonna do is um, spend just a couple minutes talking about Enneagram resources. So here's the deal: if you do not feel like you understand yourself well, if you don't feel like you understand other people well, if you feel like you are misunderstood in the world, I highly recommend you go down the Enneagram rabbit hole and start researching. Now, there are a couple different resources that I am going to recommend. Let's start with like the gold, like the platinum resource. If you feel like you're just totally lost with your personality, um, especially if you're not being coached or you're not in any sort of counseling or therapy, I highly recommend that you just shell out the 60 bucks and take the Enneagram test. Um, Ian Morgan Cron's test. I'm going to link to it in the show notes at ihaveadhd.com slash EG, standing for Enneagram. Um, And I know that 60 bucks sounds like a ton of money. Actually, there's an even more in-depth one for $120. But I will tell you what, um, if you do nothing else for yourself, take this test and understand who you really are. Now, If you already feel like you're pretty self-aware, you have a good support system, you can figure out your type with, you know, some friends, Um, the Enneagram Institute website is so awesome that it Goes really, really in depth about each type and about the way that the types interact. And I do think there is a test on there, like a $12 test. It's not going to be super in depth, but at least it's something. It will give you like a starting point. So the Enneagram Institute website, um, so I think it's just enneagraminstitute.com, is an awesome resource. I will also link that in the show notes. Okay, so the next most valuable resource that I think is out there is actually done by a guy named Ryan O'Neill. He makes music under the name of Sleeping At Last, and a lot of his songs have been featured on Grey's Anatomy. And what he has done is he has studied each of the nine types, and he's done a podcast on each of the nine types. Not only has he done a podcast, but he's had on um, an expert named Christopher Hewarts, who um, has written my favorite book on the Enneagram. Called the Sacred Enneagram, and then Ryan has written a song for each of the nine types. It is absolutely amazing. So the Sleeping at Last podcast, and then each of the enneagram types have been featured in actually nine. Just came out on Friday. So like, how many days ago was that? Four days ago. Uh, My husband and I listened to it while we were working in the family room this weekend, and he kept saying like, "Wow." Wow, this is me. Wow, wow, wow. Um, And it's two hours long, but that's okay. Like, you're gonna get so much amazing information. Um, And so, each type has its own podcast. It is amazing and its own song. And I will tell you, the song written for eight has made me cry, and I am not a crier. Like, it is so amazing. Okay. Then there are two books that I love. The first one is The Sacred Enneagram. I would only recommend this for the major geeks and dorks out there. So if you're not a nerd, don't buy this book. It's hard to read, Um, but I absolutely love it. I am a nerd. I also read books on neuroscience, so whatever. The Sacred Enneagram is an awesome book. If you want kind of like an easier read, um, Ian Morgan Cron's book, The Road Back to You is really, really good. And lastly, his podcast, Typology, is good. It's not amazing, but I do listen to it a lot, Um, and uh, some of the episodes are really awesome, and it kind of gives you, uh, like he'll have on guests who identify as a certain type, and then he'll ask them a bunch of questions. Um, I especially like the uh, episodes where he has like a panel of twos or a panel of fives, like uh, you know, that has been really helpful for me. So those are my top resources for the Enneagram. Um, I am so excited that you came on this journey with me, I, I just would love to know your type um, I would love for you to investigate it. I would love for you to become obsessed with the Enneagram like I am. I would love for you to understand yourself better and how you show up in the world and interact with other people. I would love for you to have more compassion like I'm learning to do um, and less judgment for other humans. That's been such an awesome byproduct of understanding the Enneagram. So, um, also, There are so many fun Enneagram accounts to follow on Pinterest. No. Ew. I said the wrong thing. I'm not even on Pinterest. Gross. I'm on Instagram. Um, I mean like so many funny memes and that's all I'm going to be posting this week. So if you want to come hang out with me at I Have ADHD Podcast, it's going to be like Enneagram week up in here. I'm so excited. So guys... Thank you for allowing me to show up imperfectly today. Um, Thanks for putting up with the background noise and with Crosby's little interruption. And um, if you would take a sec to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. Hopefully, I will be back next week. I'm going to give myself the grace to um, say just hopefully. Hopefully, I'll be back next week. And I can't wait to talk to you then. Let me know what Enneagram type you are. I can't wait to find out. Bye.